We are back. We're doing it again, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, specifically today, even more so than usual, I am capital F fired up. I got lungs full of fresh air. I got a lot of energy in these legs. I got the spirit to win and the will to push. And I got a golden opportunity to do something great today. I woke up feeling that way this morning. I had a great night. I woke up frequently during the night, but it was for good reasons, not bad reasons. And I was just thinking about awesome stuff. So I naturally woke up when it was time to get up in quick fashion. It was, I kind of carried that into the day. So things kind of started out already on a good note. And I had some things to do today that weren't so great in terms of uh, conversations that needed to be had, and this, that, and the other. So I've been balancing a lot of things lately, positive, some negative, but spent a lot of time on those positive things and it's really been kind of carrying me and pushing me forward. So today's been a great day. I'm excited for this today's episode. It's going to be a little bit longer and extremely personal. They're all pretty personal because they're coming from me. And this one's going to be about me specifically when I tell the story that I'm going to tell later on. I try to make these podcasts not so much about me, more so about my experiences translated into other people's experiences. Because if I deal with it as a normal dude, odds are there's men and women out there as normal people are going to deal with in their daily lives. So more of a sharing experience than it is a me experience. But it's hard to tell a story about your very personal life without having to be about you a little bit, right? Hopefully that makes sense. It's all good. It's a little bit later in the day today. It's actually a little bit after three in the afternoon on a beautiful, gorgeous Thursday in San Diego. I've been off today. I was off yesterday. I had a great day yesterday. I'm having a great day today. I'm actually drinking a beer, Passion Fruit Kicker by my favorite brewery, bum, 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 Green Flash Brewery, which is located in Miramar, Mira Mesa, Miramar. Miramar, Mira Mesa, they're pretty close together here in San Diego, not too far off the 15. So I'm drinking a nice beer, chilling, hanging out, got my PT done, all that kind of stuff. So with that being said, let's move forward. Today's actually going to be a cool episode a little bit differently because I kind of have two topics to talk about we're gonna to get to them later on in this episode but first things first nick what are you working out today what was today's workout and i will tell you ladies and gentlemen my programming for myself has changed a little bit a little i would say yeah maybe drastically here in the past week or two i got a start date for my new job which is awesome as a very wildland heavy firefighting department so my routine has changed to kind of start focusing on that aspect more so than ever. I always kind of focus on it a little bit because even in my job now, it's prevalent. But I'm kind of turning the tide to really dial it in in the long haul. So today's workout. I've been doing a lot of EMOM workouts, E-M-O-M, every minute on the minute workouts. I like these workouts for several reasons. Why? Number one, they control your rest periods. I like that. I like structured, quick and effective just because something simple doesn't mean it's easy. So I like effective, simple workouts where you can focus on really building towards a given objective, whether it's strength, endurance, cardiovascular endurance, muscular endurance, calorie burning, whatever it is you want to do, skill-based work. And then obviously, then I had a height component. So how I've been structuring my workouts recently is, and I, I map them out, on, usually on a whiteboard when I'm at work or here on just on a regular, my, in my workout log here at my house, is obviously I have a, a warm-up component 
as a small stretch, like a yoga component, also with a dynamic warm up. So think of like something you would do for a sports game. Uh, and then I, sh- whatever, identify where I'm feeling tight inflammation and I focus on that specific area. And then I have what's called my main body workout. I do my main body workout and then I do what's called a finisher. This finisher is designed to be short, super intense. I'm talking about 95, 96, 97, 98% of your maximum capacity. But for a short time, we're talking three minutes, four minutes, I uh, think Tabata intervals, things of that nature. For that, I utilize ropes, burpees, um, swings, light, lighter swings, not heavy swings, um, you know, thrusters, things of that nature, full body movements that really just push it, push it, push your heart rate way up 175, 180, 185 into that upper threshold so you can just feel that pain and live with it for a little bit, knowing it's short but it's super intense. So we're talking about all out capacity for a very short amount of time. So what was today's workout? Today I did my warm up, did my dynamic stretching, all that good jazz. And then I went into what is called a 20 minute EMOM, right? 20 minute on the minute. And I picked a variety of movements. So what I was doing was the first minute I did six cleaning presses with a 24 kilogram kettlebell. So it's 54 pounds for your non-kettlebellers, which is fine. I highly recommend you become a kettlebeller because pound for pound, you're not gonna get a better piece of equipment. It's never gonna go out of style. So, first minute, I did three cleaning presses on the right arm, three cleaning presses on the left arm, and then whatever rest you have left in that minute, you get that rest. Now, I chose to do jumping jacks during my rest period today because I wanted to turn it up because it was only a 20 minute workout, it ended up being 25 minutes because I did another piece at the end, but I wanted to really turn and burn on this because yesterday was kind of an active rest day. So first minute, six cleaning presses, three on each arm, the second minute is an exercise called around the world. Basically, I took a 16 kilogram kettlebell, 35 pounds, and you basically move it around your body in a very controlled and particular fashion. And then I also pass it through your legs as a figure eight. And the intent behind this is total body control, stability, and uh, you're just enduring at this point because your arms are tired, your hips are getting tired, you're doing some moving up and down, your hip hinging, and you're really, really recruiting a lot of different muscles and good patterns in this time. So I did 30 seconds of that and then 30 seconds of jumping jack. So basically it was clean and presses and around the world, clean and presses and around the world, back and forth, back and forth for 20 minutes. And then during the rest periods, I did jumping jacks. Now, the cool thing about these EMOM workouts, take for instance, the clean and presses. Your first 10 minutes, you know, I'm not, any sets of clean and presses, I'm knocking them out pretty easily, man. It's only taken me about 30 seconds to knock those out. For the latter parts of these rounds, I'm feeling it. So maybe it takes me 40 seconds. So my rest is going down, but I'm doing the same amount of work. So in turn, my next movement is coming quicker. So I'm building my endurance in those latter rounds. Things don't start to get hairy here until the latter stages, depending on what you're doing. But uh, there's another workout that I did yesterday named after a very special someone that I will... Um, maybe put out at a later date. But these EMOM workouts are great because they force you to really put out in those later rounds and with, with control, you can't come out too fast. You gotta know that those um, rep cities coming towards the end, you're gonna feel it, okay? Now, so I did that and went out and then at the end, I did 10 burpees on the minute, every minute for five minutes. So basically just 50 burpees, hard and fast, 10 burpees and 10 Navy SEALs. 10 burpees, 10 Navy SEALs, 10 burpees, and then I was done. So, knock those out and if you guys have any questions about that i'll I'll kind of detail it in the the description 
So the workout, main body workout was done. I was gassed, I was feeling it, 25 minutes in and out, another 10 minutes for a warm up, so 35 minutes, one and done. Came in the house, got some water, put my pants on, put my hiking boots on, got my web gear, my pack for wildland firefighting, 35 pounds, weighed it right before I left, and went and did mission trails here in San Diego for a hard hitting hill hike. I did the visitor's loop, which is 1.5 miles, and then I crossed the street into what's called the climber's loop, which is uh, 0.65 miles, basically straight up, and you're using railroad ties as steps. So it is a straight vertical challenge with 35 pound back, and that was my finisher. Now, I added something extra to that hiking portion. I'm gonna repeat this. I do not recommend you do this. I'm not, I mean, do it if you want. I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying do this. I have been doing my workouts at the hottest part of the days in direct sunlight with layers of clothes on and I am doing these hikes I'm doing them with no water. And the reason I'm doing that because A, it's not that long of a time and I'm not going in the Sahara Desert without water. I'm talking about 45 minutes to 50 minutes to an hour effort, no water because I'm trying to induce a specific amount of pain into these hikes to endure because during wildland season there's a lot of enduring you're just enduring the work is not sexy it's not the most fun um it sucks so you need to endure early so when it come when you have to endure this isn't the first time you did it all right same thing why that why did i wear that pack and not my vest i have a nice weight vest it, it sits very evenly on the body it's a beautiful vest but guess what i'm not gonna be wearing that when i'm out in the job humping and hiking in Yosemite Valley, you know, trying to save a bear from getting caught on fire, all right? So you gotta practice how you fight, that's any equipment, weaponry, whatever you got going on. If you have equipment that requires you to use on the job and you're not using it in your training, kind of setting yourself up for success, right? I mean, for failure. You're not setting yourself up for success. Then you train how you fight, fight how you train, that's how you gotta do it. In my opinion, right, this is just one man's advice. So with that being said, I'm doing that. Now, I don't recommend that. Obviously, I come back. It's it's beer thirty after that, right? I'm I'm, I'm popping water, Gatorade, and of course light, because it's it's time to do some drinking, right? So that's what my workout of the day was, man. That's what it was awesome. It was great. I highly suggest people working these Iman workouts. It's great. They're great. You can use body weight movements. You can do the same movements, different movements. Very very. It is just a tool like any other tool that if you utilize it appropriately, you can get great strides in your fitness and your strength gains. They're great for endurance, too. Great for endurance because you have to endure and you're working consistently and your heart rate is staying consistent. High, down to medium. High, down to medium. High. It's never getting so low that you're not in that cardiovascular endurance zone. And it's just a great tool. What am I listening to? What am I listening to today? Well, to be honest with you, I listen to a lot of stuff, okay? I'm still rocking the ballyhoo. I hate to tell you guys. I know it's like, hey, what else you listen to, dude? Every day. That's an everyday thing for me, man. Rocking the ballyhoo. It just makes me feel good. It's summertime. You know, the beaches are open here in San Diego. It's about to be Surf Paddle City. I'm super stoked about that. So I'm just getting my uh, SoCal San Diego vibe on with that. With, but I also am jamming a lot of Wolf Mother. I don't know if you guys... I have a Wolf Mother shirt on right now. If you could see me, only band shirt I own, Wolf Mother. Um, the Joker and the Thief, guys. That's a great album. All their albums are badass. I love that album specifically. And I was listening to that in the latter parts of my hike, okay? So Wolf Mother, I would say, is what I'm listening to right now. I've been listening to it for a few days. It's always present in my life. 
I'm a huge fan of them. Top five favorite bands on a desert island type deal for me. Absolutely. Okay. What is something that I've been hearing, been reading, or telling myself that has helped me or is helping me? And I'm going to tell you right now that, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm going to take some credit for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, I'm very careful with what I say to people in terms of where, I, oh, I heard this from this person. It's not my original thing. I'm just saying, I just say it a lot. I can't tell you where I heard it from, but I know it's not mine. This is one of those instances where I just started saying this. I said it one day to somebody and I felt it in my, I say it to myself all the time. I, do, I cannot tell you where I heard it from if I ever heard it. And for all I know, I'm the one that maybe someone else said it, but um, I no one told me it. I came to it on my own and I feel like I created it for myself. I'm not saying that no one's ever said this before. And the saying is, you do not have the right to be bored. What does that mean? You don't have the right to be bored. If someone is complaining to me and I have nothing going on or they're stalling in this, that, and the other, or they're, or they're, hey, I'm just bored. What are you up to, Nick? This, that, and the other. What are you up to? Oh, I'm just bored. First and foremost, don't text me or call me because you're bored. I don't want that. Okay? I want you to get after it. I want you to go out there and achieve. Text me or call me because you're excited. Text or call me because you're sad. Or depressed, you need somebody to talk to. These are all great reasons to text or call me. Do not text and call me because you're bored. You're an adult, figure it out. Okay? That is all my mysticism and wisdom telling you to be real. Don't text or call me because you're bored. Unless you're my girlfriend or my wife, or you're my wife. Then you can te- you can call me and text me anytime you want because you're my partner, boo, and we're gonna get through this together. But if you're not my wife or my girlfriend, don't text me because you're bored. With that being said, what does that mean? You don't have the right to be bored. Let me tell you something, it's 2020, okay? If you have your health, you have space, and I'm talking about four by four, four feet by four foot, you have access to the internet, you have a phone, you have a computer, you have the ability to walk outside your house, you have a vehicle. These are all tools. You have, if you have a, the will, okay? If you have the will to do anything, you don't have the right to be bored. It is one million things at any given time with all those resources I just listed that you can do to make yourself better in some capacity. You can learn something, you can write something, if you have a pen and paper, you know, access to an instrument, anything. I don't care what it is. There's a million things you can do, chores, tasking to be done to make yourself better in any in any capacity. I'm talking about marginally better, 1%, 2%, 3%, low entry better. I'm not talking about life-changing stuff. You may not have the will and motivation during that time. I'll tell you what, you sure do have the capacity to do 30 seconds of a plank, to do 20 burpees over an hour or something like that, okay? I'm not saying life-changing stuff. I'm saying low-entry stuff to make you better. You don't have the right to be bored. I don't care. If there's a book around you that you have never read or read, reread it. I don't care what it is. Learn, okay? You don't have the right to be bored. So the next time you say to yourself, hey, I'm bored, no. You're just too hopped up on dopamine. You're so used to having things spoon-fed to your to your brain and to get an emotional response or whatever that you, when it's not, that you forget how to take do it yourself. You're not bored. You're soft. And I'm not telling you that because I think you're a less, lesser person. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that's the issue. I've been soft before. I look at myself and say, hey, Nick, stop being so soft. You're soft-serve, buddy. You're like one of the soft-serve ice cream to Dairy Queen. Trust me. Just because you're like that way most of the time doesn't mean you're like that all the time. And sometimes, guess what? I fall victim to it too. So I'm speaking to myself when I say this. 
I get bored too. I say to oh man, I'm bored. And I, I immediately tell myself that. This is the positive self-talk that I tell myself, right? So this isn't just for me. This is for everybody. And this isn't me against you guys. It's us together as a team. This is just, I fall in the same category as anyone listening to this podcast. Happens to me too. We are all, none of us are infallible, okay? And we're all culpable in this. So, take a second and say that. Say, hey, I don't have the right to be bored. You don't. I really firmly don't believe, you know? So, take it for what it is. Use it, don't use it. I'm going to continue to use it all the time because I think it's a, a very important aspect in life. All right, so that's that's that, okay? We're going to move on to the main body of this. Just like we have a main body workout, we're going to move on to this. So I, I have two things to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Two things to talk about. First and foremost, this actually came up today because I had a conversation with her after that hike. Um, I want to talk about the difference between suffering and enduring. Someone said to me, a woman said to me, why would you suffer like that? Why would you make yourself suffer like that? And I said to her, I said, I'm not suffering. I said, I need to, I need to, to build my ability to endure. Is there suffering in that? Absolutely, 100%. But would I classify it as suffering? No, I wouldn't. And I'll tell you why. What's the difference? Let's, let's, let's classify this, right? Let's get down to brass tacks, as they say. I feel like suffering, and we all use that. Oh, you got to get out there and suffer every day to be a better person, you know? Suffering where you grow. I said all these things. I'm making fun of myself when I say this because I've said these things myself. But this is the deal. Suffering has a connotation to it that's like, why? What's the point? You know, if, if you lose a loved one, you know, you're suffering at that point, right? You're sad. You know, you're, you're, you're suffering at the loss of someone you love. And I would never shortchange that because you need to grieve. You need to feel those emotions. Be sad. Cry. Let it out. You know, deal with it. Okay? You're suffering. I get that. You know, someone kills themselves. You know what I mean? I've had friends of mine kill themselves and I've suffered with their family members. I've suffered through that evolution of getting over that and dealing with it. And it sucks. It's horrible. It's miserable. And I would never want to compare suffering that you would induce on yourself. A workout, for instance. Hey, I'm going to go on this hike with 35 pounds. I'm not going to drink water for an hour and I'm just going to suffer. I wouldn't put those in the same category. Am I suffering? Am I having physical pain? Am I dealing with uh, wanting to quit? Am I dealing with the factors that go along with suffering absolutely but there's a uh, the perspective of it is different because it serves a very important purpose okay i'm putting it on myself anytime you induce your own level of stress you, your ability to achieve growth it goes way way high okay you're not going to grow exponentially in in, in peacetime in your positive setting in your ac environment our ac environment when you're just chilling Right, you're not gonna you're not gonna do those things when you're just hanging out with your lady, just watching a movie. You're not gonna, now. Those things are completely admirable. They're parts of that life. They're excellent, but they're much sweeter and they mean so much more when you know you you kind of you put yourself out there a little bit today. All right, like today, man, I'm I'm fired up. I'm feeling so good. I feel good about having some beers. I feel good about chilling. I feel good about running my errand, doing this podcast because I went out and I endured. Okay, I wouldn't feel good sitting here talking about any of this had I not been in a position, you know, not too long ago where I wanted to quit, where I was hot, sweaty, bleeding. I was literally, I, I did some bleeding today, which was awesome. Uh, bruised on my back, like you know what I mean. Like these, I did these things myself. No one made me do that, and I'm not saying you should do that. I'm saying, you know what? And maybe your version of that is going to walk one mile. Maybe your version of that is is doing five minutes of jump rope in 20 minutes or doing 20 burpees over an hour. 
It doesn't matter what the vehicle is. What matters is what that means to you. Everyone's different. Everyone's on their own journey. So don't judge what I do against what you do. But the vehicle is different. But the objective is the same. Okay? So don't ever be like, oh, well, I can't do any of that. Guess what? Then don't. Maybe maybe it's doing, you know, getting up and down off the couch seven times. Because guess what? That's all you can handle. If that's more than you did yesterday, good for you. Look at you. Good for you enduring. Good for you building for momentum to do something better. So don't judge what someone does and what you do. Okay? Don't ever fall in that trap. I, fe- I, fell, I fell in that trap so much in my life. And in and I, I was avoiding my potential because I was trying to achieve someone else's potential without knowing anything about them. How ignorant is that? The hubris on me, the ego on me to think that's a good idea. I don't do that anymore. You want to know why? Because I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can achieve if I follow my own journey. And I, and I put the pressure on my own life the right ways. Okay? And I, that, that's what I'm doing. And that's what I suggest everyone else does. I'm nobody. I'm a normal dude, but that's what I suggest. Okay? So... Suffering and enduring is when we apply that aggression that we talked about last episode. We apply that pressure, all right? We get into that, you know, that I call it the hate zone, right? We get into that, that place where those negative feelings, I, I, it's like a tank that I just fill up with any negativity I have. I just put it in the tank, put it in the tank. I keep putting it in the tank. And then when I'm on these, these you know, these situations where I'm, I'm enduring, where the suffering is there, but it's there for a reason because I want to maintain an objective, right? Physical fitness. I want to I want to endure pain and suffering because I know pain and suffering are going to face me in the very near future in a professional sense. And I want to be ready to rock and crush it. So I'm going to do it in my non-professional, just my recreational time, okay? To me, I equate success in that realm with what I do on the day-to-day. So if you can do it with enthusiasm in a harshness and a tenacity and a will to succeed and no, a no-quit attitude, if you can do that with no one motivating you, with nothing behind you, with no reason to do it other than you know it's just work has to get done, not putting on Instagram, not putting on Facebook. I talk about it here because I'm trying to do something very specific. But no one's watching me do this shit. No one's out there with me. No one's doing it. No one's checking on me. I'm not calling people and let them know I'm doing this. There's a very few individuals that I'll call and talk to about it because they're doing the same thing. And I like to fire them and they fire me up. That's the only reason why. Okay, I'm not doing it for any reason. I'm doing it for the sheer fact that I know it needs to get done because when it has to get done for real, I'm familiar. Hey, I've been here before. I know what this pain feels like. I know what it is to be hungry, tired, thirsty, sunburnt. I got a blister on my right foot. My left hand's bleeding. I have no headphones on. You know, I know what all this feels like. It's hot. I've been hot before because you train like you fight. You fight like you train. And that's what enduring is by suffering. Okay. Can they be synonymous? Syn- Synonymous, yeah, that's correct. Can they be synonyms? Maybe. I don't know. Who am I? Nobody. I'm just saying. I feel like the perspective we have is are the you know changes things. And that's all I'm trying to say. So I think it's smart and prudent for anyone, man or woman, to spend a little time enduring. Okay. That's what I'm going to say about that. I could talk about that in its own episode by itself, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to anymore, okay? Because so now we're going to talk about something else that is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to give a big shout-out to Sam Aberson, who I called him. He called me back. We had a conversation, and it was crazy because what he brought up to me, I was thinking the day before in the morning of that conversation, completely absent of what he was thinking. 
he brought it to me to my doorstep and he and he he told me about it and I was like you know when you have someone in your immediate community talk to you about something that you have faced immediately yourself several times or are intimately familiar with and you have a relationship with it it's crazy because you think to yourself man it, it just goes to show it you're never alone you're never alone in anything you think I'm never alone. I used to think all the time, oh, I'm going to do it alone. I'm going to go out. I'm not, man. I rely on my community. And I like to think I'm a part of that community and they rely on me. And that's what being in a community is about. When I'm down and I'm sad and I'm depressed and I, I, I'm not feeling it, I look to them for help. And then when they do the same for me. And that's what this podcast is about. That's what the community is about. That's what having your friends and family is about. And that's why being a good person and, and pushing your growth is so important. That's what we're going to talk about. Today we're going to talk about shoring up weaknesses in life. Shoring up your weaknesses in life for you non-ship folk, which is fine. You'll hear this a common term in in the nautical setting to shore up a weakness. Hey, we need to shore that up. Shoring, in and of itself, it's bracing. It's physical bracing you put in weak spots in the hull of a ship to maintain its watertight integrity, to maintain its ability to sail, fight, carry men and women where they need to go. So when we talk about shoring up the weakness in life, that is the mental, spiritual, physical, emotional armor we're putting in places to shore up our deficiencies as men and women, okay? That's what we do, and we're going to talk about it. What does that mean? Conversation kind of went like this. There's four aspects in your life, I feel. This is, mind mind you, this is Nick talking. This is no one else, okay? This is me talking to you folks and how I feel about it. I'm, no one's other opinion is getting put forth in this conversation, four aspects to your life. There's a physical, a mental, an emotional, and a spiritual. At any one given time, those can be off kilter, off balance, and cause you to be out of balance as a person, as a man or a woman. Now, just like anything else, you can maintain an off balance paradigm for a while. Sure. Will you be optimized? No, but guess what? You're not optimized a lot of the time. I'm not, and that's fine. That's we're humans, right? We're not going to be 100% all the time. But if you maintain that off-balance course for too long, you're going to start doing things that you're not going to normally do when you are actually achieving balance. So the goal, in my mind, is to try to achieve the closest thing to balance on a daily basis that you can. Well, Nick, how do I do that? Well, this is the deal. If you, like my friend, if you are... It's a physical specimen, okay? That's what you want to do. You just, you, you know, you, you physically train all the time. You're always working out. And, you know, you just know, hey, man, I, my body is my temple. I, I, my nutrition's dialed. My fitness is dialed. I can endure. No one needs to motivate me. I just got to, like, I'm the person that everyone says, oh, man, that person's working out. They look great, da 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 all this shit. Whatever it is, you know, whether you're running marathon, bodybuilding, you know, you're Navy SEAL, whatever it is you're doing, people look at you in that regard. Okay, cool. Guess what? Your physical aspect of your four aspects is just rock solid excellent that's going to reach into the emo- to the uh the mental a lot because a lot of carryover because you know mentally you're mo- intrinsically motivated all these things so guess what your mental aspect may be even half covered so you're doing great but this is the deal if you have weaknesses in your emotional life in your spiritual life and I use spiritual very loosely. I'm not talking about spiritual. Everyone needs to be a God, God-fearing Christian or, or Jewish or Muslim. I'm not talking about any of that. But your, your spirit is your spirit. We all have a spirit. And I'm not talking about spirituality in that sense. It may be that sense for you, but not in general, right? 
we're gonna get to we're talking about spirit in a, in a in a moment. But if you only have these one aspect that's super dialed in, and all the other aspects are lacking. Let me tell you something. Great. You're the fastest person. You're the strongest person. You guess you you know what? But if all those other things are lacking, guess what? You're gonna get nowhere really strong and really fast. Because guess what? If you're just this physical specimen, and this does not this is not me or my buddy Sam I'm talking about, but you're you know lying, cheating, scared of this, scared of that. Can't emo- you're emotionally unavailable. Can't be vulnerable. Have no compassion. Cool story, bro. Good luck on how that works for you because you're gonna alienate yourself. You're gonna become a social pariah to your community, your family, your friends. You're never gonna get anywhere. You're never gonna love or be loved by anyone in any capacity that you have the potential to be because you're not shoring up your weaknesses. Okay. So what does that mean? That means if you're one, if you're one of these people, if you fall in this category, guess what? Dial back the physical side a little bit. It's going to take care of itself, right? You can be on autopilot, man. Just relax. Take it easy. No, that's not everything, right? Look inward. Maybe you journal a little bit to get to know yourself a little better, all right? Maybe you call someone and tell them you love them. We talked about a sense of urgency, all right? Maybe someone that has a problem, you say, hey, you know what? You sit and listen to them. It's not your problem, but you're not seeking. You're not listening. You're not listening to them because you want something from them. You're listening to them because you want to help them. You want to know that they've been hurt and you... Treatment, so you show compassion in that sense, okay? Maybe you take time to empty your mind from all the harshness of the world. You tech down a little bit and you sit there and you just breathe. You can meditate if you want to call it that. You don't got to call it that. Maybe just lay down and just breathe for five minutes and don't think about anything else. Don't be on your phone, turn your phone off. You maintain your spirit that way, okay? Maybe you try to fix a relationship. Maybe you try to atone, apologize for somebody you've wronged in the past, okay? Because guess what? You keep doing what you're good at. You know what you're going to get good at? Well, already what, already what you're good at. So find the things you're bad at. Find the things that scare the shit out of you. Okay? If you have something that you need to tell somebody that you've been, you know, it's been lingering on you, then tell them. Is it going to hurt? Absolutely. Is it going to hurt you? 100%. But you're embarrassed because it's going to hurt you. But what about the other person? So think about their feelings. You owe it to that person to be honest enough. You don't got to be a jerk about it. But lay things out in a way that can be understood and appreciated that you would want to be talked to. So shoring up your weaknesses, okay? Find out what they are and find ways to attack them. Just like you would attack the thing you were great at. If you're, it's the physical aspect of something you're great at, guess what? You can apply a lot of that methodology to shoring up your mental weaknesses, okay? Or your, or your emotional weaknesses or your spiritual weaknesses. Your spirit is what carries you day to day, okay? If mentally you're not feeling too strong, you can rely on your spirit, your emotions, and your body. If physically you're not feeling too strong, mentally you can rely on, on your mind and your and your will and your spirit to get you where you need to go. Okay? If emotionally you're feeling super sad or depressed, guess what? You can utilize your physical form to induce specific feelings in your body to help carry you over that. Okay? And the spirit is like the overarching that's the one that's just kind of just circling around okay what are you what kind of energy are you putting out there are you putting positive energy are you letting black po- negative poison take over your life and you, are you using bad negative language to other people what are you doing what's your self-talk like you know how is it is it positive is it savagery is it is it is it savage but positive like kind of how i like to have mine you know get a little aggressive in there what is it okay because there's many aspects to your overall health and how what you are as a person, that's what you put out into the world. 
I'm talking in your physical relation, in, in, in your interpersonal relationships, you know, your friendships, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, work, career, whatever. And especially yourself. Because when you have a bad relationship with yourself, you're really kind of just playing with a loaded gun there. And you're playing Russian roulette, and one of these days you're going to get shot. And you don't want that. I don't want that. I've, I've been in that position before. I've done that. I've, I've you know, I fell. Trust me. I've made that mistake a lot, and it sucks. No more. I'm not doing that anymore. Does that mean I don't? I live life without pain? Absolutely, absolutely not. But because I spend time strengthening these other areas, guess what? The pain kind of comes, man. Just take it. I can handle it. I got it, and I can process it. I can move forward. Because I'm not afraid to be sad. I'm not afraid to show people I'm, I'm hurt. I'm vulnerable. I'm not afraid to say, "Hey, I need help." And that's a huge step because I wasn't always like that. So I want to talk about that shoring up weaknesses. That's how I feel about it. This recently, and this ties into the story I'm gonna tell you guys. And the story is gonna get real. And then I, part of the story you might not even believe is true, but I have two other people, well, technically like three people that were in the same room when it happened, uh, that could vouch for it. And that's my mother, my brother, and my biological father. More of just a, a sperm donor than anything else, unfortunately. So, when we talk about shoring up weaknesses in the life, we identify what they are, we make a plan moving forward, we be easy on ourselves, and we just try. We show up every day and do the work that's necessary. We don't do the work because we want people to see the work. We do the work because that's what we need to do to be better people, okay? Because whoever's close to you, especially yourself, you deserve and they deserve the best version of you on the daily. Of course you're gonna slip up, we all are, but guess what? Slip-ups become pure and far between. They become easier to overcome when you shore up your weaknesses. Okay? Maybe in the next episodes, I'll talk about kind of my own personal strategy for shoring up those weaknesses. What I do to, you know, push my mental aspect forward, my emotional capacity forward, my spiritual capacity forward, and my physical. Physical is easy, right? I don't really need to talk about that. But maybe we'll talk about those in the next episodes. But other than that, here we go. Here's the story. Listen, story time. It's very real very raw story. And I'm not saying this because I want attention. I'm saying this because it's this a very real thing that happened. And I think about it a lot. I think about it almost every day. And it came up in conversation with my own mother a few days ago. I have a very tormented relationship with my father. A few years ago, I made a commitment. I forgave my father. I call, you know, there's a long history. And maybe some of that history is going to become clear after this. I called him and I told him, I said, listen, for what it's worth, I forgive you. I wish you no bad will. I wish you nothing but the best, nothing but positivity ahead. I love you. You are my father. I acknowledge that. And I forgive you for everything wrong you've done to my, to me. I can't speak for my mother or my brother, but for me personally. Okay. I went several more. I went, so I went about two years with forcing a relationship, forcing a call, forcing to answer text. And I never wanted to. I never felt like I had to. Every time I got off the phone with this man, I felt acidic. I felt like my equilibrium became acidic, not neutral, not a base. Okay. And I felt like, oh, check that off the block. I did that, I'm gonna do it for another X amount of time. So eventually I got to a point where I realized, why am I doing this? I'm doing this, I'm maintaining a relationship for him because A, people say, oh, you know, you have one father, you know, you're lucky your father's here. I'm like, you know what, that's great, but not all people are great. Not all people should be fathers, okay? And number two, I felt like someone was like watching me. Like I was getting points in the karma bank for doing this, you know? But it, it messed my whole day up. It messed my whole. It made me not a, not a better person 
and it caused me to spend less time doing good in the world and for myself and more time just trying to unpack what just happened and deal with my own feelings now, almost like a tactical retreat, because it took that much emotional energy. All right, so I literally made a decision. I said, hey, stop. You know what, I don't want to do this, man. I forgive you, that's one thing. I don't wish any, if I talk to you, I talk to you. If I don't, I don't, but I don't love you. You know, I don't, I don't, lo- I don't look to you as a fatherly advice. I don't, you know, I don't think of you that way. You're not, you're not getting a f- the phone call for me when I something good happened in my life. Like you're not, like you don't deserve that. Like you've earned, you have not earned that. I'm forgave you because I don't want to hold that, and I don't believe in holding grudges like that. But you also have consequences, and he's also living his life in a manner that's not really conducive to someone that did so much wrong. And there's zero accountability in his life, and I, I can't respect a man. Or a woman, especially a man that has no accountability in his life. Good, bad, or indifferent. If you're already so a complete POS, but you have accountability and you know it, I mean, I don't like that, but at least we can have a conversation. But if you are a decent enough person, but you have no accountability, I can't have a conversation with you at all. And there's none of that in his life. So with that being said, one specific incident that he could, he told my mother that the only reason me and my brother had this memory was because my mother spoon-fed it to us and forced us to remember this specific incident that happened when we were younger. And my mother told me this. And my father is completely out of his rocker, man. He's completely, he's out of his mind, right? And I told my mom, I said, so he thinks that we only know about that because it was, we, we fabricated it. And he thinks we only know about it because, and we're too young to remember that this happened. She said, yes. And this is what happened. Uh, we, me, my brother, my mother, and my father were living in the last place I was born in Pennsylvania. We lived in Pennsylvania in a farmhouse, okay? In this farmhouse, Pennsylvania. Old, old, old house. Super creepy house. And I must have been maybe nine or ten. Eight, or, yeah, nine or ten. My brother was 11 or 12. And it was summertime. I'll never forget this because it was the last year before we moved. And my father was verbally and physically abusive. Very, very physically abusive. He used to just leave my mom. I mean, black eyes, broke her arm, bruises, choking, beat me, beat my brother. I'm talking about it was not, this was year for years, year. This was a routine thing. So much so that when I got older and I learned that didn't happen to people's families, it surprised me. That's how used, that's how used I got that we got to this this level of phys- the physical violence, right? From my father, who has Tourette's syndrome. Big guy, my dad, mind you, at this time, he's 6'5", 440, right? A, a, big, a big man to be beaten up on two kids and uh, a woman. So this was just my life, you know? This was just, oh, here we go, you know? Jerry's going off the rocker again. Mom's gonna get hit, you know? We're gonna hide, you know? Run, hide, fight type deal. I was getting ready for active shooter shit that young. Anyway, one specific day, my brother and I are in the living room. And my mom and dad are in the kitchen and we hear screaming, pretty normal day. And next thing you know, and we hear my dad getting louder and louder and we hear him hit my mom. Of course, normal, right? We know we've been here before. My mom runs in, says, boys, come with me, hurry up, hurry up, get up the stairs, run up the stairs. My dad's in the kitchen still. My mom is still, is, is gathering us to run up the stairs. So we run up the stairs and we go into this bathroom. I'll never forget. The bathroom had a white door, chip paint, old door. The door was old and it didn't fit in the, in a, in a door in a normal way. So there was, it wasn't solid, you know what I mean? This was not a sealed door, okay? 
and the doorknob had a gold shank and the knob was like that clear like fake quartz you know that you would see in a, on a doorknob old school right old farmhouse this is built in the 40s and it was like that and it had a lock and it was one of those old school turnkey locks almost like that you'd see like indian in the cupboard i don't know if you guys remember that movie uh because my brother and i used to always making jokes about it like oh man that's the indian cupboard lock so we run in there we go in there my mom shuts the door inside is one of the grossest bathrooms you could ever see in your life right completely door recessed window you know molding there's mold on the molding um you know just a, a hanky janky door it's that cheap glass that you can kind of see through kind of not you can't see a full image and it's closed standalone sink uh mirror paint's getting chipped away um what very very hard water hard, soft water so or hard water rather you know i mean that that minerally taste smell look color and white shower curtain mildewy old and a standalone bathtub so a, a basically not like a, a claw foot tub but like a tub that was off the wall kind of deal white and black checkered backsplash that went into a white and black floor and i'll never forget because on the back of the toilet was a book that was written by dennis rodman called as bad as I want to be. <clears throat> so Dennis Robin played for the Bulls. My mom was a big Chicago Bulls fan. And, you know, that was a book in the bathroom. So these are all details I remember. No one no one told me this. There's no, I haven't talked, told these details to anyone recently since this has happened. These are the details I remember from this incident. So me, my mom, my brother in this bathroom, hiding. My mom locks the door. My dad starts banging on the door. He starts banging on the door. And this is a big guy. And he could have broke through that door pretty easily. But next thing I know, he's yelling, I'm going to kill you, bitch. I'm going to fucking kill you, bitch. And he takes a Cisco 8-inch serrated steak knife. And I remember the specific knife because they, my mom bought that set by someone that came to the house that was selling knives. This, was, this happened, mind you. This is, this is like the early, like the late 90s. This is like 1999. You know, like 1998, 1999, right? And... She bought these, this box, a block of knives. And he took this knife and he stabbed her through the door six or seven times, jamming it through. I'm gonna fucking kill you, bitch. I'm gonna fucking kill you. And he's threatening to kill my mother with this steak knife. And my mom is holding me, holding my brother, and we're all crying. And my mom is saying, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. Uh, and it, so there's all these just, just holes in the door. And my dad screams and walks away. So we stay in this bathroom for maybe 30, 40 minutes. And and I remember thinking to myself in that time that I remember as a young kid, I thought to myself, I, I don't want to be alive. Like, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate being here. Um, I'm going to die here as a kid. I'm going to die as a kid, you know? I remember thinking that to myself. And that, that was like a vivid memory from that. I remember this so specifically. And then a few days would go by, my dad would come and try to apologize, and, and uh, a week or two would go by, and they'd be beating the shit out of all of us again, and, and you know, and it was just, this is the cycle, this is, this is where I come from, this is what, where I come from. And I, I have not told this story in this detail, other than to my brother, since it happened. I've talked to my brother about it, I've talked to my mother about it. I have not put this to anyone, let alone on a podcast, you know? And I think about that, all the time because you know people ask oh like when you got out of the military like did you have ptsd like you know whatever this hyper awareness like you know I, you know whatever and i was never like in iraq or afghanistan or anything like that or getting blown up you know i mean you, you don't need to go to those places to have ptsd i firmly believe that and um 
I firmly believe, you know, and I have my, I've had my own issues, and anyone has their own issues in the military, you know, because the hypervigilance and the, you know, uh, everything that it means, it could be. So I'm not judging that at all. What I'm saying is, my issues lie from that, man. Like, I, you want to talk about having issues? Like, I have issues from that, you know. And try to, and spending so much time unpacking that, and people ask me, Nick, you know, why are you, how, why are you so overtly positive? Why are you so? Why is it so important for you to push push that, like, in your mind? And it's not fake. Like, it, this is who I am. Anyone that knows me knows this is who I am, twenty four seven. And when you guys aren't seeing me and hearing me, it's because I'm licking my wounds and, I, and I'm I'm, me, I'm I'm staying on the attack and I'm engaging in, in mental and psychological warfare with negativity and I'm winning because there's there's no choice but to win. I may tactically retreat sometimes, but I'm getting on that hill and I'm, I'm pushing it hard. So. And I, I don't put negative, and I'm not putting this negative thing, I'm not putting it out as negative energy. I'm putting it out because I am who I am because of that. All right. And that's one instant. I could see, I could make a whole podcast series on just living with a monster. I'm not going to do that because that's not what I want to do. But this is one specific thing that I wanted to share with people that, you know, that's, that was my life. I thought that was normal. Okay. And this has crept into every aspect of my life. You know, up until maybe a year, maybe maybe a year and a half, two years ago, anyone that had a good, that came from a good family, a woman that if I met a woman that came from a good family, that was like loving, you know, hey, I want you to college, you know, like was there for you, you know, push you to get good grades. Push. If I came, if I met a woman like that, I immediately would tank the relationship because I was like, I can't be with someone with a normal family. I can't be with someone with a loving family. Like, do you not understand what I went through? Like, no way. Like, I'll never be accepted by you. I'll never be accepted by your family. They'll never see me anything other than just a degenerate that, you know, had a mom who fucking did everything they could to provide for them and save them, but couldn't save them, really, because she was really trying to save herself and did everything she could, you know? And I love my mother to death, and I love her, and I'm super close to her. But, you know, those are circumstances. She was in it, too. She was not a standby. She was in the, in the game, supporting everybody. You know, so it's like I honestly would tank that relationship because I didn't think I was I didn't, I mer- I didn't merit it. I don't feel that way anymore, and I know my worth now, and I know, and I am who I am because of that. You know, but for me to love and to me to have compassion, and for me to not to want to just destroy everything, and that's where I came from. You know, my brother, on the other hand, he went a completely different route. Has had a rough, rough, rough ten years, way rougher than me. You know, and he was in it, and he stuck around a lot longer. And that was another thing I talked to my mom about. You, my brother stayed. You know, and it's it's a crazy thing to think about the things that shape us. And you know, and that was suffering. Okay? That wasn't, you know, I wasn't enduring that. I was suffering there. We were all suffering. Okay? There was a lot of suffering in those days. Um but you endure, you know? So the pain, any pain that I put myself through, any pain that someone impresses upon me, any pain that I could face that I have to face, you know, on the job whatever. You know, I'm doing that. I've been doing that work since I was a young boy in one way, shape or form. And now I just do it to myself because in a controlled environment, because it needs to happen. But now I feel like I have the ability to love and to be compassionate and understand more, more than most men in my position because of that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's a serious thing. And I wanted to share that story with you guys. I feel good. I feel good. It makes me feel good, feel good to put it out there, okay? And I've grown from that. And that's, you know, I had to shore myself up from those weaknesses to bring it all home. The, re- the main reason I want to talk about that story is because that left me 
with a lot of with a lot of defense mechanisms that were weaknesses and I had to shore up those weaknesses okay and I think about that often I don't think of it it doesn't make me sad when I think about it it makes me think of you know I'm gonna use that opportunity in a way it was a gift you know it was a gift to me to be in those positions because I was faced to deal with things very early that I hope no one ever has to no one in my family will in my you know if if I have kids and stuff like that they are definitely not gonna deal with that but you know, I was given an opportunity, and I, those are my those are my lessons. Those are the chapters of my life that I pull from deep when things are getting crazy, and when things are getting hard, and the quit starts trying to creep in, and I'm so I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm sweaty, I'm I, oh my blisters, I'm bleeding, I'm hurting, I'm chafed up, I'm so thirsty. When's it gonna end? It never ends. You know what? It couldn't. My life could have ended that early, but it didn't. Good. Guess what? That's an opportunity for me to, to get better. So every day that I'm healthy, I'm alive, I'm breathing, forget about it. Shut it down because I'm fired up. And you guys are going to feel you gotta feel that for me all the time. And if you ever need to call me, guess what? Call me and I'll fire you right up. You want to know why? A, you don't have the right to be bored. Two, even on your worst day, someone's got it worse. And if you're breathing and you got a body, you're doing okay. So don't ever not use the gift that you have on the day-to-day we're gonna wrap it up all right i appreciate you guys coming on this journey with me it's been great i'm trying to curse a lot less only when i need to only when i need to really punch it up trying to clean up my own language for a variety of reasons and i felt good i felt like i really didn't curse that much in this podcast and that makes me feel real good i'm gonna drink this beer probably uh, slightly warmer now that's okay now we're gonna get down to brass tacks and other aspects of our life until next time ladies and gentlemen Stay positive and I hope you do good things. We'll see you soon.